Uh, but yes, I, I watched the second movie uh, last night, and that movie was Deerskin. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Dorian watched it like a week ago, right? Yeah, last Friday. Last Friday. Uh, I woke up. I watched it like 9.30 in the morning. I turned it on, <laughs> and it was, it, it was one of the better days I've had. In a long time. <laughs> and uh, everybody here in the building, Sean and Daryl, like everybody else has, has watched it. And so I was the uh, the last one to commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave, gave, some, uh, gave some support to the Gene Siskel Film Center. That's right. Which, if none of you know, the Gene Siskel Film Center and uh, Music Box have uh, virtual theaters where you can uh, uh, purchase to rent movies that they're still putting out. And... Uh, you know, some of the money goes to them and then you can just like play it on an iPad or a computer or your phone. And if you have the ability to airplay, you can do that uh, as well to a TV or a Apple TV or, you know, whatever technology you have to do that with. So, uh, so yes, I watched this movie last night and when I was done, I told Dorian that we should skip talking about Spider-Man 3 and just have a, have a conversation about Deerskin because... I was so happy after watching that movie. Just like I had yeah. the ha- a happy feeling <laughs> that I didn't. I was trying to watch, figure out what else to watch to just equal that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even watch anything. I didn't watch a movie. All I did was just start watching like trailers to '90s dance movies on <laughs> on iTunes, like "Stomp the Yard" and "Feel the Noise." And you got is that your happy place? You got served. I don't know. It might have been just right <laughs> after that. Like, I felt like I was taking my own deerskin like journey as well. Like, I don't have a jacket, but maybe I just need a bandana and a pair of Jordans and like a pop lock and crew to just yeah. you know realize my dream or and, and all this other kind of shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, the Bobby Navia tranquility playlist. Yeah, it was really weird. I I love that. That's an amazing. I mean, I kind of understand it too. Yeah, there was a part of me I really I I kept hearing like uh, Sean and Jess uh, were still up, like they were playing Animal Crossing, and I kind of mm. just wanted to be like, guys, can we just get high and watch like the the You Got Served like series? Maybe like a step up or something. I I feel like I just need to do this because yeah, you do. Please I'm do. I'm just happy right now. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen you got served, uh, but I, I love the vernacular. Yeah. I will. I like when that movie came out, I was like, what is, what do those words mean together? I, I was, I was unaware of, I was like, are they at a restaurant? Like what, what is being served? Yeah. Uh, who received it? And why does this sound so aggressive? You know, it sounds like some, I like, I would, I would love to be served a steak you know that sounds delicious and uh the less work i have to do to receive it the better you know it's uh it seems like a win-win but somehow everyone seemed to be like damn that's that's harsh you yes. know if you get served and, I, and then i discovered that it was uh in the dance world uh being served is is undesirable it is you don't want to get served you do you do not want to get served do not want to get served it's, it's fucking bad <laughs> um and i appreciate that i thought i just find it very colorful and kind of charming and uh evocative yeah uh well also i i also have an affinity for the break movies oh uh, yes that's right f- break yeah. and break two and uh i can't remember if the term served is used in those movies but people definitely get served in those movies oh fuck yeah um there's some straight up there's some there's some serious service happening yeah <laughs> 
I mean, they're just like in in people's faces, just <laughs> dancing in their face, like like a half an inch away. Yeah. And I mean, it it looks. You're like, damn. I feel that is kind of like demeaning. <laughs> This does look emasculating, actually. <laughs> I, I don't know why exactly. I mean, you're completely uh, inactive participant. Yeah. In the proceedings, but somehow it's without you, by no virtue, <laughs> by no fault of your own, you've somehow become completely humiliated. <laughs> um. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a, a, a side side road about. No, I, you got I love that. I. I think that's a great way to uh, illustrate the feeling that is instilled within one after watching the movie that is Deerskin. I watched a lot of dance trailers last night, Dorian. <laughs> like, I just didn't watch one or two, and that was it. I I think I watched maybe, like, 10 or 15. So are we a 90s dance movie trailer review show now? I don't know, but... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying no. Bobby. Okay. I'm not saying this is a bad I might even be saying it's a great idea. <laughs> I mean it's certainly more it's certainly more in line with the original DNA of the of the show than whatever the fuck we're doing now. Somehow how did we go so wrong, Bobby? I don't know. <laughs> we used to have a delightful little podcast and now we're watching Spider Man three. Like I I had a real a real come to Jesus moment yesterday. <laughs> About this show and like you know and jumping the shark and like when do you know that like something is over? Do we you know? <laughs> do we just give like the rest of May a break and like just start fresh in June? <laughs> we do, we might need to regroup. Yeah. Anyway, we need to stop talking about it. Uh, dear Bobby, how awesome is Deerskin? <laughs> Deerskin was uh, it was a. I'm trying to find like a better word than like it was good. It was incredible. It was great. It was yeah. It was a. Uh, uh, it was very. Uh, it was euphoric. Yeah, that's a great word for uh, it. I would I say. Was say it's a. It's a joy. It is a really fucking euphoric movie, that I don't know. It's like. It just felt like uh, I was discovering something for the first time, you know, <laughs> like the times where you and I are talking about movies. I'm sure it's happened once or twice on the podcast, but where I'll be watching something and I'll just have this moment and I'll be like oh shit you can do that in a movie it's like there's Mm -hmm. a a, like a movie does something or makes a certain edit or a certain cut or there's a certain delivery of a line that's like oh we're going there and this is okay to do you know and it's okay to feel this way and um i feel like there's so there's so many movies that are watched that uh i I had an ex-girlfriend one time tell me that all the movies i own are just like sad movies Mm-hmm. Like, and then I looked at all my movies and I'm like, yeah, all of them just have like this little element of just being just a smidge, you know, sad in some uh-huh. way, but sad in that cliche way where you think of like, you know, uh, well, I'm not going to talk to anybody for a year because this girl doesn't love me type of sad, like very melodramatic or, or something like that. There is a sadness to this movie that is that is just, you know, put out there in a joyful but still very like dark way. Yeah. That I didn't feel sad at all throughout this movie. It just felt like the proper output to take, you know, your sadness with even though it got mm-hmm. even though it went to the places it went with went to, but um yeah, I just really I really loved it a lot. Yeah, it's it's just so fun to watch like i just i i can't count the number of times that i like i all of a sudden just realized i had a smile on my face yes. like while i was watching it and i was like oh i'm smiling right yeah. now and i don't know when that happened or how long it's been there for but 
it was appropriate at any given time. Mm-hmm. It's just like every I love Jean Dujardin's performance in this movie so much. Um, like for the for the listeners, let's set up the let's set up the plots of the movie. Uh, so it is uh, a movie about a guy. Well, we uh, we did do a trailer review of this film. We did. It was episode. I actually yeah. wrote it down. Episode eighty two yeah. is when we did mm-hmm. the uh, trailer review. Um, ages ago. Ages ago. It feels like so yeah. long ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this was supposed to come out. Yeah, the original release date for this movie was March twenty sixth in theaters. Yes. Uh, yes. So you can guess how that went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we reviewed the trailer, uh, and it's about a guy who goes and gets a um, buys a hundred percent deerskin jacket. Hundred percent deerskin. Hundred percent deerskin. That's yeah. very important to have the hundred yeah, before that. Better be sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he basically, uh, you know, does away with like all his money and turns to a life of crime, which is kind of just like the ballpark synopsis on imdb yeah it is a lot more like deeper than that but um let's start you started to talk about uh jean dujardin who uh was in the artist probably be yeah. the last time like american audiences like really saw him yeah uh but uh yeah, a brief moment of wolf of wall street <laughs> and i think he was also in the monuments men that's right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i never saw but um yeah me either but uh yeah no let's talk about him uh he's incredible in this movie uh i mean this is it's batshit insane yeah i mean it's literally like the, the the motivations that he has to work with as an actor you know for this character are um are you know elusive in some ways yeah and just like very abstractly or uh you know unconventionally drawn mm-hmm. i'll say but oh my god does he somehow just inject it with like a soul yes I, I don't like I don't know I, I'm curious to watch it again because I was just like enjoying it so much that I didn't really I, I wasn't watching it through much of a critical eye yeah because I was just like enraptured by the experience of uh, and just so happy that a movie like this is out <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that I could enjoy it um because I really enjoyed it <laughs> but uh yeah no there's like just just the way he looks at and touches and gets excited about the deerskin, mm-hmm. like the jacket and like the other uh, accoutrements that he acquires over the course of the film. Yeah. Um, there's just something like really deep there, you know? And like, I, I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't say I could like sit down and tell you like exactly what it is. He's like, you know, he's feeling when he looks at this deerskin or like touches it or possesses it. Um, but you can tell that he does and that he's very deeply committed to it and that he feels about it in a way that I know I feel about certain things in my life, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I, I just like on this really weird, really, really, yeah, just very strange, you know, uh, uh, simplest of kind of setups of concepts of like this guy just leaves everything behind and becomes obsessed with owning, with buying this deerskin jacket. Mm-hmm. I was able to just like, very comprehensively connect with this character. Yeah. It's like, no man, I, I was like, I get it. <laughs> I when you gotta have it, you gotta have it. You know? <laughs> like I never I never related more to uh his name in the movie is George. Um yeah. but I never related more to George when every time he kept getting a new piece, the way John Dujardin would deliver the word fuck. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> he almost kind of like mumbled it. It's like I know that feeling. I have a very, very firm grasp on the feeling when you're just like, you have something 
and you're just like, fuck. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, it's, a, it's like an involuntary yes, fuck. Yeah. Like, you're actually just that kind of like, like breathtaking, you know? <laughs> it's like <laughs> this moment where, yeah, it just like sneaks out because you're just, you're just that uh, taken aback. Mm hmm. And just that, like, overwhelmed, you know, by it. And just fucking love it. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, it's so good. I, I love, too, how, like, I, I love the way they play his character also, where it's like, because he's, he's constantly lying to people about shit. Yes. And he's constantly getting caught in his lies. Mm-hmm. And instead of, like, awkwardly fumbling some kind of excuse or whatever, he just gets annoyed with them. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, you gonna fucking question me about this all day or what? Yeah. Like, are we are we gonna make a movie here? <laughs> I like just plays in a totally different direction. <laughs> I just kept dying laughing like every time because I'm like the fucking balls on this guy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, everything is so casual. Like, uh, yeah, and I just I love the whole premise of what they're you know he just wants to be the only man in the world wearing a jacket. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't yeah. watched the movie, because from here on out, I, I think we should just spoil yeah, what's going on, because there's I mean, no way in talking about, or getting yeah, more deeper about it. we're talking about full it. movies here, yeah. yeah we're, there's spoilers abound for everything. I hope people just know that by now. Yeah, so it looks uh, like, um, it looks like in the, you know, this movie's only about 70 minutes, so I'll say, I'll, I'll count it as like maybe the middle of the movie or getting close to it. The jacket that George seems to be wearing, like, becomes sentient in a way to him. Yeah, where he starts having conversations with it and has a little chat with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, when it starts out, you can clearly see that George is like having conversations with himself, like in the same scene, like when mm -hmm. he's like walking back from the bar or whatever. Uh, but then as the movie goes on, those scenes are now two different scenes. Like it'll just be uh, him. There's a sequence where he's just like sleeping on the bed, and the jacket is calling to him. And yeah, it doesn't, wakes him up. it doesn't, it doesn't look like he's moving or anything, but, uh, yeah, it wakes him up. So, um, so, you know, George wants to be the only one or the jacket, depending on, you know, what you see it yeah. wants to be the only one in the world wearing a jacket. And yeah. as a, the jacket wants to be the only jacket in the world. And, oh, that's and right. George is like, Oh, that's amazing because I have a dream to be the only man who owns a jacket <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so they're really the perfect team, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I own the prize. I got the same goal here. <laughs> um, and so this leads to uh, George also gets a video camera, a video camera, a cassette camera from the guy who uh, who sells him the. Uh... Dude, I'm just driving away with people's jackets. <laughs> it's so good. He's just so casual about it. Yeah. You're just like paying him, and I, I still love that scene that was in the trailer where they're like, "Isn't your movie weird?" And he's like, "No, it's not weird at all. It's amazing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. George starts going and, and recording, and there's a, a local bartender who's a who's a film editor, and he you know he he kind of swindles her into editing his his work, and she ends up really digging it and really like pushing his quote unquote art further, which is yeah. to videotape people with uh jackets and they are saying i'll never wear a jacket ever again in my life and puts it into his trunk and then he steals their coats yeah <laughs> uh the one guy who like i don't know kind of 
the one guy um, who kind of challenged him on it and was just kind of like, oh, you need to give me back your coat. And he's just like, no, it's mine. Like, I recorded you. I paid you. So you're fucked. And then it just yeah. like drives off. It's like, yeah. <laughs> just that whole just that whole thing was was great. Amazing. Yeah. I have you on tape saying you'll never wear another jacket again. So yeah. Oh yes, that's what the line was. Yeah. yeah. There's there's really nothing you can do here. Yeah. So you're fucked. It's amazing. Um. And then uh, yeah, that scene we were, we were scene we were talking about where uh, the the jacket wakes you know George up. Uh, yeah. Is soon followed now by George going out and killing people. Yeah, because, uh, you know, he can pay these actors to give up their jackets and steal them from him, but, you know, regular other people, mm-hmm. they're not giving up, he's trying to get some jackets from him, and they're like, no, they're not going to give him their jacket. Yeah. So, you know, what's a what's a man with a dream to do? <laughs> <laughs> you got to take that jacket. You got to pull out the, uh, yeah. the ceiling fan, sharpen that uh-huh. fucker, sharpen that but, blade. Uh, <laughs> You talking about uh, him talking to the jacket, though, That's uh, if you remember last week when we recorded the Spider-Man 1 episode and I had just watched uh, Deerskin that morning, I was like, there's something about this movie that directly correlates to Spider-Man 1 that I want to talk about. And it was him, you know, him, Willem Dafoe, talking to himself as the Green Goblin, uh, Jean Dujardin talking to his jacket. Yeah. Um, was like there were so many scenes that were like shot or presented in like a similar way. Yeah, I could see that. I was like, wow, there's a direct line of comparison here (laughs) between Spider-Man by Sam Raimi from 2002 and fucking (laughs) Quentin Dupuis Deerskin (laughs) in 2020. Amazing, so good. So, like, what did you? I know you've only watched it the one time, right? Yeah, yeah, just watched it last time. I'm probably I'm gonna rent it again because Hannah didn't watch it. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to give, I did it through the Siskel Center last week. And then now that Music Box has one up, I'm, I'm happy to throw them a few bucks. Yeah. And I'm thrilled, I'd be thrilled to watch this movie again. So, um, as after I watched it, I was like, I was just, you know, thinking about it and trying to think about like what, what sort of metaphors I'm having with it, which is why it's making me feel so happy and not like sad that he's killing all these people for their jackets i mean it's a it's a funny concept you know just in general like this dude (laughs) clearly his marriage is over and now he's just collecting jackets you know Mm -hmm. and i just started thinking about like i think like between you me you know like tyler uh, and sean and 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 daryl like we're always buying like movies or t-shirts or something that we have those moments where we're like fuck you know like i i need that you know Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that those were those moments where I could relate to that too, where it was just yeah. like, yeah, God, I, I just want this. The shirt looks good on me. Yeah. And it only looks like good said, on me. <laughs> that's when I like, I like very early on, like just deeply connected. It was like when he was like laying in bed and then just like turned on the light to just like look at the jacket. Yeah. I was like, dude, I know that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. like I have fucking I've done that before. Like when I was younger too, I used to I used to be really obsessive about things that I was excited about. Like mm-hmm. even like video games that I was super hyped about. Like I would put them in my backpack and take the like the game case to school with me. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just like I just liked having it around. Yeah. And like, you know, when I'd reach into my bag to get a folder out, I'd just look at it and be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna play the shit out of that when I get home. I can't wait. <laughs> you and me, baby. We have a date. Yeah, uh, it was so exciting. I, I just amped myself up all day. Yeah, and then uh, even around the house, sometimes I'd like I'd put like the game case like in my cargo pants. Yeah, just like I'd just walk around. You know, if I was doing something else, I'd just I'd have it with me. That's incredible. You know? 
it was just hyped. And so, yeah, I totally like just connected with this dude on that level. And, um, I think, I think what's so, in some ways, what's so joyful about this movie, I think, is that I think it, it, it really is sure it's open-ended in a lot of ways, but you know, they even like the fact that he's, he's filming all of this nonsense that's happening and they're making a movie about it. And, you know, he's discussing with his editor, like, you know, Oh, so what do you think the movie's about? Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, it's, you know, about, like, the armor we put on. And, like, you know, this deerskin jacket is, like, the shell you put on to, you know, like, protect yourself and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like was him kind of saying, like, in a lot of ways that, like, sure, you could you could inject, you know, any interpretation you want onto any text you want, essentially. You know, any, like, movie or painting or book. Like, you could read it however the hell you want to read it. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can, and that's kind of the beauty of it, you know, of, of like a lot of art is that you do get it, you know, there is an opportunity for some sort of, um, it's subjective. Yeah, exactly. And that, that you as the viewer can imprint something intensely personal upon it that makes you have this like personal relationship with that work of art one-on-one, you know, that nobody else really like sees it quite the same way mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, excuse me. So, you know, there's always that, that, you know, is, is always like a pitfall, uh, of art in some ways that it's like sure you could just make it so open-ended that it doesn't mean anything you know right so is it brilliant art because it's that open to interpretation or did you really make something that just absolutely says nothing so it's that easy to imprint whatever you want onto it mm-hmm. um and you know i feel like this was kind of playing with that idea somewhat of course with his character that he's just like filming bullshit yeah and you know this editor is like no there's this great work of art here about like masculinity and the need to like like you know like hide your vulnerabilities from the rest of the world and like things like that (laughs) and it's like you know sure you could do that and uh, but in a way i felt like what he was kind of saying was like we're not really doing any of that here you know i feel like this movie is more just like jean dujardin with the jacket you know he's just kind of like i don't know yeah (laughs) like i just i this is what feels right now and like so to me in a lot of ways like i think the movie is like it's it's like just an absurdist comedy Okay. You know, and I'm not saying it can't be more like that's such a like a low thing to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think when it's this when it's this charming and intelligently done and just fun to watch, it's like it's brilliant. <laughs> you know, but I but I think that's really the main goal of this movie was just to be like a an absurdist comedy. Okay. And um, you know, I, I I think you certainly could, you know, read into it in a lot of different ways and there, you know, it it lends itself to it, but um I just kind of got that feeling from it, especially from that. So I was getting that feeling already. And then that scene in particular, it seemed like such a brush off that she was like, yeah, no, it's totally obvious what like the metaphor is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, there's no need. It was almost like he was kind of telling you as the audience, like, there's no need to think about this anymore. You know, like, yeah. just enjoy it. It's like, if you want to read into it, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, he's protecting himself. He's vulnerable now because he's divorced and doesn't know what to do with himself. And he's trying to shield himself because he's not comfortable with that feeling. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this is just what's happening as a result. It's basically a midlife crisis movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's pretty much what it is. And it's just done with this, like, really absurdist, like, French weirdo angle to it <laughs> and done really well. <laughs> and... And I think that's what's so pleasurable about watching it. It's like it does not try to, you know, become like a burden on you in any way. Yeah. It's just like you can just watch it and just scene to scene, just like enjoy the shit out of it. And then it's over and you're like, oh, I'm just going to have a smile the whole rest of the day. Because <laughs> I could just, I can just think about moments of that that just made me so happy. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it was, it, it just, that's like, that's what I loved about it, you know? 
Okay, so but but you're like not saying that like it's bad to like think deeper about the movie or anything. No, right? no, no, no okay. not at all. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so whatsoever. But um, but yeah, I think that's part of what makes it so pleasurable to watch, though, is that it's not it's not like making that a requirement of you or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, you know, I, it's not like you won't understand the movie if you don't pick up on like what the jacket means. You know, right, it's, right, it's right. Like you can just watch it as an absurdist thing, and you're like, this movie's amazing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, what was the little kid to you? Cause that was the only thing that made me feel like I had to think a little bit more into, into it other than <laughs> some random kid who gets a rock thrown into space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, you know, and then it comes back to him in the end, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in some ways, <clears throat> like my initial reading of it was that, you know, this kid kind of represented like. I don't know, the voice of good judgment. <laughs> okay. Because the kid's always just kind of like standing there watching him. Yeah. You know, like do what he's doing and it never says anything back to him. But it's like he can feel that presence that it's like judging him. And it's, yeah. it's like that voice in your head that's like, Are you sure you want to do that? Like, yeah. I don't know if that's really a good idea. And, you know, in a sense, like he kills that thing off, you know, right. that like limiter is like then murdered. And that's ultimately what ends up killing him. Mm-hmm. You know, is the fact that he's he's eliminated that form of judgment, you know, or whatever, you know, and not like judgment in like a bad way, just in terms of like, you know, having some sense of morality and proportion to like your actions, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of judgment. Like you're when your brain tells you like this is acceptable and that's not you okay. Know, like don't grab a pussy, that kind of judgment. You know? Yeah, right. Or Yeah. Um, that you know he did you know it he seems it seems to be yeah like that that voice in his head that's telling him like you know that that self doubt or yeah, poor connection um, or yeah just better judgment I think would be a better way of conveying it um, yeah that was you know kind of really what <laughs> what it was to me um, you know again just on sort of like first glance but uh, yeah what uh, what about you um, I don't know I th- I think it was the it's sometimes, you know, the sometimes movies like this where, you know, I think it could go either way. Like, uh, there's always just something like that kid that makes me feel like I won't get it. You know, I guess I, I don't give myself enough credit to just really be like, no, it just might just be this or it just might be this kid. And this is just what happens to him. And that's the end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And if it is, then that's fine. Like, there's no reason why you have to yeah feel like you need to get something deeper out of it. But there's always that. Uh, it's not so much a trepidation, but I guess it's always that sort of like, oh man, I hope I wasn't enjoying this so much that like I missed something, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, th- just that kind of thought I usually have. Uh, sure. Um, which is which is why you know I asked you uh, about what what you thought about him and stuff like that. So yeah, it could also you know, and and there's just as strong of a case to be made for just Quentin Dupieux thought that would be really funny. Yeah, that's and and that's the only reason it's there. Yeah. Like, what if there was just this fucking kid that just kept showing up, <laughs> staring at him, and then he just throws a rock at him because fuck it. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and then the kid's dad, you know, fucking murders it. Once he's a full deer, he gets hunted like a deer, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> kids, <laughs> I was cracking up. That ending was really funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, there's, I think there's, you know, there's definitely stuff to read into it, but I think also that's like kind of what's so great about absurdist humor, mm-hmm. um, is that it, it really is about being that kind of like random and just like, no, this is just, it's, it's just this extreme and surreal just purely for the purpose of comedy. Like 
you know, this is it's because like this joke couldn't exist in a totally realistic context. Mm -hmm. You know, there'd be no reason to do this. <laughs> But I want to do it because it'd be fucking funny. So we got to find, <laughs> you know, some context in which this, like, imagined joke will work, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, in some ways I, I really, like, admire that a lot as well rather than making him, like, you know, some sort of, I don't know, ham-fisted or uh, uh, vague metaphor, you know, uh, for something that's just like, no, I just, I, I like this idea of, like, creating a universe in which... A, a very unique sensibility and sense of humor can function mm -hmm. that wouldn't function in any other little world, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. And, uh, he's certainly made a, a little world right here, <laughs> uh, with this movie, <laughs> that, uh, that I just, I, I, I love to spend time in. <laughs> I have a, uh, I have a favorite. I want to ask you what your favorite piece of clothing is that he acquires mm. in the movie. Man. I have I mine is um I loved uh when he got the hat. The hat was nice. I loved how he how he got I the hat. I love how well. he got the hat. It was <laughs> fucking great. Like <sighs> it just takes it. He just takes it, dude. Well, I love when he he you can see him looking at it and when he picks it up, I'm like, I know he's gonna look at the label. <laughs> Because if it's if it's not if it's not a hundred percent deerskin, can't be rocking that shit. I'm not, I'm not taking this thing. No. Um, After <laughs> there was some there was something particular about that delivery of fuck that just got me. Like when he put it on and he was just like looking in the mirror, just like fuck. Like yes, it's happening right now before me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think that's the first additional piece that he gets. It is. Right? Yes, it is. Yeah, so I think there's like a there's an extra special moment where it was like he you could almost tell like he had never even considered like what if I got more deer skin? Right, exactly. You know, he was he was happy enough about just the jacket. Yeah. And then was like I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> like <laughs> uh man, yeah. It's no the hat the hat is delightful in every way, but I mean it's hard to fuck with the jacket. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I love that jacket. It's a really good um, one. You know, every piece gets its moment too. Mm -hmm. Like I love, I love that scene with the pants. You know, with the waiter, cool pants. Oh yeah, just cool. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they they all get their their shining moment for sure. I mean, the you know the, the scene was in the trailer, but uh, the look when he sees himself in the mirror when he puts the gloves on for the first time mm -hmm. and just like shoots his cuffs <laughs> and him. everything yeah, yeah. is oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> It's, I mean, this whole movie is, again, it's just treasure after treasure just laid at your feet. I, re I read in a bit more to it with, uh, I, I don't mean the, you know, the term derogatory, but just like kind of like finding your tribe, like finding your people, like somebody who's just like into the fucked up things that you are, like, even if mm -hmm. like you don't know. So I just like, I mean, I just like the relationship between him and the bartender. Yeah, I thought it was just like really sweet and really innocent, even like she like agreed to take her jacket off all the time even mm -hmm. though even though she thought it was like really weird and then like she's the one who like gifts him the pants and i just thought there was just something so sweet about all of that yeah. like yeah there was well yeah oh and there was there was such a nice moment when he first asked her to take the her jacket off and she's like what are you a fucking pervert like you want to see me you know naked or blah blah, blah. like this is bullshit yeah and he's just like, no, I just, I want to be the only person wearing a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this, like, silence, and you can tell it's the moment where she's kind of like, 
oh fuck, this guy might be a real artist. Yeah. You know, like like <laughs> that's kind of the moment where you, it's like she's ride or die at that point. Right, right. She's like, wow, this is a man with a vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I love that she kept saying, I'm I'm into it. Like yeah, I mean, it was just like no matter what. It's not that I like it. It yeah. was just like no, I'm into this. Yeah, no, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the yeah, it just his little his little just keeps looking at him like just mm, killer style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought the the sequence where he's uh, killing everybody was probably like some of the most beautiful murders I've seen in a movie. It was very fun. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess he could be considered a serial killer because he 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 does kill quite a few people, but uh yeah. you know, given we've had a little bit of serial killer talk uh, as of late at least within the last month, yeah. you know. He might be uh more of a spree killer, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh serial killer usually has like a they go for like a type mm. and they have like a signature. I mean, he just wanted to kill he just wanted all the jackets. Jackets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if these people would just give me their jackets, I wouldn't have to kill them. Right, know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when he stabs that one chick through the top of the car, and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, that was, I really like that scene too. That was oh really yeah, cool. that was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I thought like it was like legitimately like this is, you know it was a well made movie. <laughs> yeah, and to be so short and just so like, I was kind of amazed at how like it got its point across very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if you did read into it any more than it just being an absurdist comedy, like. Like you said earlier, it could just be like, dude's just going through a midlife crisis and he's formed an alternate personality that has taken the shape of a deerskin jacket that apparently is telling him to go kill people and collect all the jackets, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, that could be your just interpretation of it. Perfect. Go along. Like, like it was so laid out nicely. It's not even that, or it's just, it's just a funny 70 minutes. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but I'm just saying, like, whatever you sort of attach, you know, like, whatever the, the, the premise of the movie is just so, like, nicely laid out that you can just mm-hmm. go along for the ride. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Which I really yeah, liked just, about it for it being 70 minutes. Like, you didn't need to be an hour and a half, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it just it just jumps in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, where the movie starts and, like, he's already, like, on his way to go get this jacket. Yeah. Like, we don't know how he saw an ad for it or something, but he, some about it was just like, I got to go get this jacket, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I feel it was just such a good balance with his stuff too. Cause having seen like rubber and one of his other movies, um, you know, like rubber had the same absurdist quality and the same metatextual filmmaking qualities Mm -hmm. as well. Um, but it did, it, it just wasn't as fun, you know, as this movie is. And I feel like if you're going to do, like, an absurdist comedy kind of thing, like, that's kind of A number one, yeah. you know? It had its moments where it was, like, really fun, but it just carrying throughout, it had a little bit more of that fat on it. Right. Um, that I think there there was a little bit more of, like, an explanation or, you know, let's set this up before it happens. And then this one, he kind of found a little bit better of a balance, mm-hmm. I feel like, with just making it, like, no, we're just kind of... It's going to be like a weird, surreal kind of thing anyway. So, you know, we don't necessarily need to give all the information that would conventionally be there for like a conventional narrative because this isn't one. Right. You know, so like removing some of those things. And also, you know, Rubber had two movies happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of condensing those two ideas for the movies and the metatextual part of the movie into one narrative and one idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, definitely, I think, helps streamline a lot of that as well. 
Um, so yeah, it was just, it was cool also. Cause it just feels like, you know, a filmmaker really who knows what he wants to do and is like refining his voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this just feels like a, you know, this and rubber are both definitely like companion pieces in a way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this one you can just tell is like the more refined one, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to, if you were to see them without any knowledge of dates or like dates put on them, you know, like, Hey, which, which one of these was made first? You know, I think, I think 99% of people would look at rubber and be like, no, this is clearly like the earlier version of this, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's great. I'm, and I'm so happy to see it. Cause it's a, it's a voice that I, uh, we desperately need more of in this world. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. She's going to keep writing and directing movies like this. I am so fucking on board with the Quentin Dupieu train. Yeah, me too. It's, Same here. It's a great train to be on. <laughs> um, well, I think starting today, it's on the Music Box virtual theater, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you can uh, go to Music Box, Music Box films or yeah the 10 bucks uh 10 bucks to rent and five of that goes to music box okay which is awesome you know and you get it for three days and uh watch it all you fucking want for those three days Mm -hmm. yeah nice nice do it there's literally no reason not to yeah this is actually like a you know if if joe bob wasn't on tonight would be definitely one i'd be like who hasn't seen this yet and yeah let's let's get to it <laughs> has Cass seen it uh i don't think so i don't think he's watched it yet oh man yeah oh, man get his ass over i know yeah we're so yeah because uh, uh or yeah well sean told you that him and jess watched it the night before last or something yeah so. yeah yeah um but yeah i don't know i don't i don't think he's watched it or whatever so oh man yeah i think he'll i think he'll really i think this will be like right up <laughs> yeah. his alley yeah yeah this seems <laughs> I mean, he's a big Tammy and the T-Rex fan, so I think his he likes his absurdist comedies. Yeah, true, true. Because um, if Tammy and the T-Rex is not an absurdist comedy, then I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much I got all I got for Deerskin. It's just a fucking great movie. It's 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 just a pleasure to fucking experience. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I'm so happy you felt the same way. Yeah, no, I'm glad I, I'm glad I watched it last night and that we are talking about it today. Yeah, in the words of James Franco, it is so, so good. good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we got for this week on uh, this episode of the yep. Couch. So, uh, hopefully, we will return to form. <laughs> hopefully, this is a return to yeah. form with Deerskin. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a couple days to think about our lives and our podcast mm-hmm. and how we want to spend time and moving forward. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we we. Little little miscalculation this week. Yeah, our experiment with watching a trilogy but, of movies just really, you know, took a dive. It was going so right. It was going so so right. I couldn't believe how right it was going. Yeah. I mean, it had it. It was like it was going so right. It could only go this wrong. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Pretty much. So. All right. Well, thanks for listening, Alrighty. everybody. Dorian, thank you for doing this. My well. We did it. We did it together. Uh, you're, I was gonna say my pleasure, but I'll just say you're welcome. Yeah. Th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll figure something else out for next week. I, I don't think we should move forward with the trilogy because I was thinking too. We had talked. I was like, oh, if we do the Spider-Man one, maybe we do the the Dario Argento Three Mothers trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've obviously seen Suspiria a million times, mm-hmm. but I've only seen Inferno a couple of times, and it's been a while. And I've never seen Mother of Tears. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I know Mother of Tears is going to be Spider-Man 3 bad. Okay. I already know. It's every person who's ever seen it in the history of man that I've talked to or have read an account from online has said, <laughs> do not watch this movie. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I have to at some point, but I know it's going to be another experience just like this. So I feel like we'd just be, you know, we'd just be, you know, repeating history. Doing it again. And, uh. There's no need for that. You know, we already know that I fucking love Suspiria. I don't need to, like, go on for an hour about that. There is and, uh, uh, there is one trilogy that I have always been curious for you to watch. Mm-hmm. And in at least in my opinion, it's one trilogy that has gotten better with each. Oh, the Planet of the Apes? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's like, honestly, if I had one that... James Franco! He's only in the first one, so. Still, hey, yeah. we're watching Franco trilogies only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If if somewhere I'm totally uh, this this is just me telling you I'm 100% down to abandon the let's watch sequels and 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 more you know uh, thing <laughs> that we uh, we were trying to do, but if it ever comes up again, that will be my first vote is to watch is to watch those. Okay. All right. All right. So, well, yeah, we'll we'll take a couple days to mull it over. Yeah. You know, we might we might come back around to this. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh, but anyway, I think I think after the the trauma of Spider Man Three, it at least deserves like a second thought. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good time. So. yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yep. Yep. <laughs>